a plaster cast around his upper part of his body. Fortunately, the cast fit under his shirt and wasn't noticeable. On the first day of class, he found himself assigned to the toughest students in the school. The smart aleck punks, having already heard of the new teacher, was a former Marine. They were leery of him and knew that they were going to test everything of him. Walking confidently into the rowdy classroom, the new teacher opened the window wide and sat down at his desk. When a strong breeze made his tie flap, he picked up the stapler, stapled the tie to his chest. Dead silence. The rest of the year went very smoothly. <laughs> That's how you take care of him right there. So I just want to put a plug in for the kids. Camp is coming up. If you haven't got your money and you got to go to camp. Um, camp made a lot of decisions the way I am today were from camp. It's the best thing you can do is get away from home for a week at camp. Um, you get closer to your friends, you also will make new friends that will stick with you. There's still guys that I know from when I first year at camp that we're still friends with. So it's important to go to camp. If you can go to camp, go. So I just want to put that plug out there. And the other plug I want to put out there real quick is Mash Clubs is coming to an end next month already. I'm excited, but sad that it's ending. But we have an award night coming up, and I just would encourage you guys to come out for it. We have two of our young men from Master Clubs. They're going to be preacher boys that night. So if you guys want to come and hear that, I got Titus and Michael Melfi. They're both going to be preaching that night with me. So just want to put that out there. We're going to have a special time. Psalms chapter 84. This is not a common chapter that most people will go to, but we're going to look at this here. Let's start in verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca came, uh, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. We want to look at, it mentions a valley. Um, I look stuff up. I can't tell you if this valley was a real valley or not, or if it's just a part of a story. When you look stuff up online, I mean, if it's online, it's got to be true. Um, I don't know. I think, I think that was a quote from Lincoln on the internet I saw. But uh, it says it's a real valley in Palestine. I don't know if it is. If it's a different one, a different one, a different thing. But I looked up the word, and the word baka actually means weeping or hard, troubled. And I got thinking about that. A valley of hardships. A valley of hard times. Um, we can all go to a mountaintop story in the Bible. If I said, tell me a story that happened on a mountaintop, you're going to think of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Big story, happened on the top of the mountain, he defeated him. God rained fire down. Or you think of a mountain, you think of Moses on the mountaintop. When he came down, he had to wear the veil because of a mountaintop experience he had when he talked with God. Or we can go to other mountains. You can go to the uh, Mount Transfiguration. You can go, just pick mountains. Those are points in our lives that we don't forget, aren't they? You know, a mountain in your life is a day when you got saved. You remember that mountaintop? You felt like you were just like floating because your sin was gone. You were on top of that, oh, the mountaintop. But then valleys come in our life. Um, we don't like valleys a lot of times. Um, when we're up here and we're doing good, and then we go down into the valley, 
and it's like, man, this is hard. The valleys are tough. The valleys are where it's rough. It's hard to get through. If you were to hike a mountain, when you get to the top of a mountain, there's not much there. If you're on a really tall mountain, there's very little vegetation, trees. It's usually just rock. Um, I think of the Adirondacks. We love to go up there. We've hiked a bunch of the mountains up there. Bald Mountain. You get up to the top of that mountain, there's really no trees up there. There's nothing there because everything runs down the mountains. You know what's at the bottom of those mountains? Nice green grass. That's where you find trees. That's where you find the fruit. That's where you find the water, the still water. You know, when you're on the mountain, you see running water. You don't see still water. Mountains are very bare usually. And that's not even a big mountain. I've been up uh, Whiteface up in Lake Placid. That's a tall mountain. We went up there on our honeymoon and it was 60 degrees. When we got to the top of the mountain, it was snowing. We were in our hoodie freezing on top of the mountain. There was like 50 mile an hour winds and snow. Not what I was expecting when I got to the top of the mountain. But you know, that's a mountain. And we, we remember those mountains. I remember the snow. I remember this giant rock on top of Bald Mountain that was hollow. I can't remember who it was. Aaron, were you with us that day with Jason? We found a rock that was like the size of this pew. And you up to it and you hit it. It was hollow. There was nothing inside it. It was just it was like an empty ball. It was, it was really cool. We were rocking it. You can, it sounded like it was a cool little drum. But that's what you're going to find on a mountain. But I want to focus on the valley. The valley is where it's hard. Have you ever tried to walk through a valley? The grass is thick, the trees are thick. Um, there's no view really sometimes in a valley. There's a reason why the military wants to high ground. They can see everything. You can't see sometimes in the valleys. You can't see where you're going, it's hard, it's rough. But valleys are where we grow. Valleys are what we need. If we lived on the mountaintops, we would never have the stuff we get in the valley. We need valleys. Um, so with that in mind, the valleys are not bad. In 1 uh, Peter, sorry, 1 Peter, it says in chapter 1, verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith, the hard times. When your faith is being tested is when you're down in the valley. If you go to the Bible stories of mountaintop stories, after they left the mountaintop, there's usually something that slaps them in the face. Something that hits them when they just got off a mountaintop experience and they're drained. That's when the hard times come. The trials are going to come when you're down there. The good news is the good shepherd already chose your path. He's already picked the path for you. He knows where you have to go to get out of the valley. But remember, you have to go through the valley still. You can't get out of the valley. But he knows where you have to go. One of the things I wrote down was it's not easy to travel and the route will take faith, but it will work patience. You know, they say, you know what, when someone gets saved, they need to get grounded. 
They need to get rooted in. They got to get some, I think of a plant, you know, when you put a plant in, you got to let it take root. It's got to grow. What does it need? It needs some water. It needs the nutrients, the things you can't get on top of a rocky mountaintop. You got to get grounded. You got to get settled in there. Over in John chapter 10, if you go over to John chapter 10, John chapter 10, it says in verse, verse 11, we're going to look at three different verses here. John 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It says over in 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I am known and, and am known of mine. And then it says down in verse, uh, let's go down to verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The good shepherd, one, he knows you. He's not a random person. He knows you. You know what else? When we are following the shepherd, we'll recognize the voice when he says, Go, stop, don't go this way in the valley, go this way in the hard time. The shepherd, it was so cool. When we were in Romania, the first time I went to Romania with Pastor, we were driving down this one uh, road, if you want to call it a road. Um, it was like a cutout path of dirt. And there was these rolling hills. We were in the Transylvania Alps is where the Sutex were. And there's these rolling hills. And it was so cool. You saw a shepherd sitting on a hill with his sheep, grazing. And we watched them. And I watched as the shepherd came down and he guided them over this way. Then he guided them over here. And some of them had a dog that would circle around. Just like what you would like, picture in the Bible story, that's how they still do it over there. They don't have the modern technology of the farmland that they could just put fences up and put the sheep out. They have to actually watch them. And one of the things I noticed is whenever you found a shepherd, he was sitting on top of a hill watching the sheep. And he would guide them up and over the hill to the next point to where the grass would be. And then we watched one where he took them over the hill to a watering hole over... You know what he was doing? He would direct them because the good shepherd knows where to go. And when he said, let's go, I watched one of them say, he's like, let's go, let's go. The sheep just turned and walked. Like, hey, I know that guy. I know what he's saying. I can trust him. You know what? Our good shepherd knows where to go, and we can trust him. Um, doesn't matter what trials we have. We can go to him. Uh, one of the things, common verse, everyone knows this verse, Psalms 119. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my paths. When you're in a valley and it seems like you don't know what to do, you've got God's word. You have, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you're going through a valley, you know what? It feels like it's a dark time, doesn't it? Uh, God, where, where are you? You know, I think of the Psalms of David where he says, Why are you not hearing me? Where are you, God? What's going on? But then at the end of that, he always says, but God, you're good. Isn't that how David usually goes? He's like, why am I all alone? And then he goes, you know what? But God's good. God's good. He, no matter what. My enemy is all around me, but God's good. You know, you got to have that light just to light. Go, okay, God, I feel alone. I don't know what to do. I got this light right here. I'll just take that step right there. Okay, God, I, I, I don't know where I'm going. I can't see anything. I see light right here. God, I, I, I need your help. And he guides us. You know, 
You really learn to trust God in the valleys to get you through stuff. When you're in the mountaintop, you know what you remember? The stuff you learned in the valleys. When you're in the mountaintop and it seems like it's falling apart and you can say, I remember when I was lost and God showed me where to go. You know, valleys could be when God shuts the door, opens doors, um, changes your direction. A, a good example of a valley, which is a low time, I think of the story of Mary and Martha with Lazarus. You know, they, they were doing right. And Lazarus got sick. If you go over to John chapter 11, in this story, I just, it reminded me of a valley, a low time. This is someone who is able to go and talk face to face with Jesus. I wish he was here, we could do that. Wouldn't it be awesome if God, if Jesus was here, that we could just like, hey Jesus, can you help? I need some help. I, I don't know what to do. We, we have him with us all the time. But I would love to see him. And someday we're going to see him. But here, Mary and Martha, they, they know, hey, my brother is sick. I know what to do to help him. And you're going to say, yep, that's the right thing to do. And it says, if you look at verse 1, it says, A certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And if you go through this, it talks about in verse 2, that whose brother was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Hey, you seem like you're in a low time? And go to God and he goes, listen, this is not going to kill you. You're not going to die. You know, they've said, God, he's going to die. Can you please come? Can you please come? And Jesus says, heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. And this is, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said unto his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. So he goes, two days. Sometimes when you're alone in a valley in the dark, and you cry out and you ask for God's help, it may not come at the time you were expecting it. Sometimes God's going to put you in a valley and you're just going to have to stay there for a little bit. Just, you just got to wait. Wait for God's timing. Don't try crawling out of it. Wait. When you call on God and you say, God, I, I don't know what to do. I'm in a valley. I'm in a low time. I don't know what to do. Then wait. God will give you direction. Don't try jumping the gun doing something on your own. He waited two days. And I love it when he talks to his disciples. They, they, don't, they don't understand stuff sometimes, it seems like. It says down in verse 11, These things said he, and after, this, after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciple, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake unto them, of his death, but they thought it was had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. You know, they, how many times has God said sleepeth before, talking about someone who had passed away? It's funny. You know what? We do that, don't we? 
Sometimes we, we think one way. We think this is what he's talking about, but really God might be talking about this. You got to be careful. You know, and then, oh, he's dead. Okay, yeah, we, we should probably go. And I wonder if it clicked. Oh, I wonder if he knew that two days ago. Well, there must be a reason. There's a reason you're in the valley. Um, if you look in verse, down in verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And if you go over to verse 32, then said, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. You, you know what they're at right now? Their brother had died. They were at a low time. They were, they were pretty down. They're, they lost their brother. They were pretty sad. I would call this a valley in their life. They lost a family member. And they just went to God. And they just, if you were here, he was. Not on your time, but he was there. Um, there is pain and sorrow involved in a valley. And you're going to question, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Lazarus died. Uh, he's dead. Um, I love the wording the Bible uses when it talks about getting them out. It talks about how, in verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that had died, said unto the Lord, By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. I, I just love the wording. You're not going to find that in a book. You're not going to find it. He stinketh. You know, but the Bible says he stinks. Why? Because earthly mindset is, it's too late, God. You, you didn't come when I asked. You're in a valley. I asked you, God, and God says, no, you asked, and I'm here on my time now. It's okay. And he calls out his name, and he comes out of the grave. He walks out. I can just imagine, if you, in the verse there, it talks about, they took away the stone. Uh, in verse 44, and he said, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and was, his face was bound up about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. I don't know. I imagine him walking out like this. Walking out. You know what? When you're in a valley and God answers your prayer and God takes care of it, you feel like you're back on a mountain. You went right back up on a mountain. Can I tell you, the sisters went from, there's hope, pastor talks about there's hope God can take care of it. To no hope, it's too late. To the new hope that he's back. You know what? When you're in a valley, that's usually the time of there's no hope. But there is hope. Um, sometimes God's going to close the door, like I said. Your valley could be anything. It could be sickness. Uh, we've had a lot of people sick through the years in our church. A valley is a time where you got to get in your Bible, and you just get closer to God. Bible says that if we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. You want to be steadfast, unmovable, you got to get grounded in. you got to get in those valleys and dig in and be like, all right, God, I'm here to stay, and you're with me, and we're going to get through this. The valleys make you stronger. I think of, you know, the people we have in our church. We've had a lot of people that have gone through cancer. 
Can I tell you from what I saw from a kid to now, we have people in our church members that are stronger today than they were when I was a kid because they went through some valleys, some hard times, and they've come out stronger. The valleys are going to help you. Another thing, it is to the glory of God and it is for good that you go through a valley. In Psalms 23, I'm sure if I asked you guys, could, most of you could probably quote this chapter. Psalms 23, classic chapter. While you're going there, also turn over to Romans chapter 8. We're going to go there too. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is a, a psalm of David. And uh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. Those two things can't be found on a mountain. You don't find a green pasture. You don't see still water. Usually you see running water. Where's the running water coming from? The mountain. It's coming usually down a mountain to the still water. You know what? Sometimes when we're on the mountaintop and we get brought into a valley, we go to the still water. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. And maybe it's just God needs you to slow it down. You know, um, you get to be with the, with the shepherd and you see he's real. But I wrote down, the best way is when you're in a valley, it's where the grass is greener. Um, it's where they'll find still water. It's where, as the verse says, you can get restored. If we lived from mountaintop to mountaintop, we'd get worn out. Mountaintops are high points. How many have ever done a football game, and after you win the game, you're exhausted? You're just wiped out. And if I said, hey, it's time to go play another game right now, you just, you're physically saying, no, no, I can't do it. You know what you need? You need a little bit of a green pasture. You need some still water. But I don't, I don't know where to go. Don't worry. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He'll take care of it. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Can I tell you, your cup runneth over. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Well, this is the verse we always say right, right after we find out someone lost their job. Hey, just remember, all things work together for good. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's just what I wanted to hear at that time. You know? It might have been easier just to throw a brick at me. You know, I, I already know. Thanks for the reminder. But you know what? When you're in the valley, all things are good. The valleys are good. Another thing is, uh, in a valley, we draw closer to God. I mentioned this verse earlier. You don't have to turn there. In James chapter 4, 
James chapter 4, I, re- I said this earlier, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. The first part of that. You know what the valleys do? In a valley, we draw closer to God. You know, when you're going through a hard time, you call out to God more than when you're on a mountaintop. I, it's just how it, I don't know. We should talk to God all the time, whether you're on a mountaintop or if you're in a valley. But I tell you, when you're in those valleys, you really get close to God. You know, I, I think of uh, Sam Gipp. When he's down, he's hurting. He can't move. You know, when he had his couldn't talk, he at least was able to just go to God. He, I'm sure he got closer to God and was in his Bible more. Not that he wasn't in his Bible before, but he got closer to God. The valleys draw you closer. When you're in a valley, we see God's hand working a little bit more clear. Um, When you get out of the valley, you look back and you go, that's where it was. The nice thing is about when you get back up on the next mountaintop, you can see for miles. And you can see that valley. You can see that valley. And you can see that valley. And you can just go, wow, God took care of me in that valley. Oh, remember the valley before that? I remember, man, God was good. See that valley before that one? God was good in that valley. That's when you get to look back and and say, God was good over and over and over. You see God's hand. In a valley is when we grow in faith. In a valley is where we learn God's perfect will. We get a little bit closer to what God's will is for us. Um, One thing we have to remember is God... Jesus, you know, they make these trials. We, I remember the old song Griffiths used to sing, this trial of blessings. God will make this trial a blessing. Though it sends us to our knees. You know what? The trials, the valleys are good for us because it makes us call out to God. And uh, we read the verse over in 1 Peter. If you want to go over to 1 Peter chapter 1, this should be just a page over for most of you. We read verse 7, that the trial of your faith be more precious than gold. But down in verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. As I was saying about you can't see in the valleys. Sometimes it's harder to see. But God's going to make a blessing out of it. And we're going to have joy unspeakable. Full of glory when you get out when you get through those valleys. Um, one of the things I wrote down is there's a well, there's a pool of water in some of those verses. It's a time of just refreshment when you're in the valley. As much as it seems like a, you're lost, you, you might feel like you're alone. You're in a valley. You're in a low time. But God supplied. When Elijah got off the mountaintop, he ended up down at the brook, and God took care of him. There was some water. He gave him food. Remember, he laid down to sleep. God took care of him. When you're in the valleys, God's not ignoring you. When you're in a valley, God didn't leave you. God is with you in the valley. I wrote down, uh, in Psalms chapter 30, I wrote down, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And, And that's from Psalms chapter 30. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5 says, for his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor of life. Weeping may endure for a night, 
but joy cometh in the morning. Look, you're weeping, you're crying, you're alone, you're lost. It's not going to last forever. God's got a plan for you. Your plan, your purpose, God wants you to go through the valley. But joy cometh in the morning. You know, you, you got something to go back to. Uh, God is faithful. Um, he, his grace, I think of uh, Paul, it says, my grace is sufficient for thee. You know, I don't know what, what it was Paul had for the thorn in the flesh. There's all different things. There's some really interesting ones that people think the thorn in the flesh was. It doesn't matter. God's grace is sufficient. When you're in a low time, God's grace is sufficient. It's going to get you through. And one of the things is, is God, you're going to trust God more. If you can trust God for the step and for the next step and for that next step through the valley and the next step in that valley, you know what's going to happen when you get to the next valley in life, when you're down the road, you're going to go back and go, I can trust that step because he did it over there. I'll take that step. And you're going to go, okay, yeah, yeah, God did it there. He did it here. I could take a next step. You're going to trust God. You're going to get closer to God, and you're going to be able to trust him more every time. You know, if I had, I'm not going to make him do it, but if I had Elisha come up here and I said, I want you to crawl up on top of this and jump, I'll catch you. That might be a little hard to do. But if I had him come up here and I catch him, put him down, I said, now go back up there. I want you to do it again. Catch him. After about the fourth time, he's going to be jumping off of that. Why? Because he's got a history of, Dad will catch me. Dad will catch me. I have to be careful because when we're at home, there's times where the Samuel, he likes to, when I go on the stairs, I put my hands out and he leans forward. He just falls into my hands from the top step. I don't know why we started this tradition. It's the worst tradition because there's times I turn around and he's going. Why? Because he knows dad will catch him. He, but I wasn't looking. I better be ready. Sam's coming. You know what? After enough times, you're going to go in that valley. You're going to be like, it's okay, God. I, I, you've got me. It's okay. We're good. You've done it before. You can trust him. So I'm not, I'm not going to beat the point. We're, everyone goes through valleys. Some of us are in valleys now. Some of us are climbing up the mountain out of the valley. Some of us are going into a valley here soon. I don't know where you are. But how are you going to do in the valley? Are you going to fight and try to find your way out? Or are you going to draw closer to God and work your way through the valley? God will get you through. I, I saw a quote, and it just said, When lost and confused... Put your hand in the nail-scarred hand of Jesus and keep walking. That's a good idea to do. I don't know what to do. I'll just hold your hand. God, just show me where to go. And when you're on the other side of the valley, you should stop and thank God. In all the stories in the Old Testament, when they came through a hard time, they always would stop and build an altar. They would just praise God. They take a time and say, God, I just want to take this time before we go any farther. Let's just praise you. When you get out of a valley that was rough, do you stop and just thank God? Hey, God, thank you for getting me through that. You know, you could even go to the Joseph and say, it was good for me. 
that I went through there. I, when I read the story of Joseph and his brothers, that was a valley. And you can see in his life, valley and high point and valley and high point through his life. Valley thrown in the pit. High point brought up. Valley lied about thrown in the jail. High point, second command. You can see the pattern. And then he says, it was good for me. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Because he's not looking at it as the valley was bad. He looks at it as God had a plan, and it worked out. So thank God for it. You know, I wrote down just a couple things here. We're going to go over this, and we'll be done. Valleys are usually uh, more lush because they are where the water runs. It's usually the harder to get around, like I said. Um, have you ever seen a plant that grew on top of a rock? Have you ever seen one of those? Maybe if you're hiking on a mountain, you'll see where it seems like dirt just like stopped on a rock. You can grow for a little bit until the wind comes and it doesn't have anything to ground the roots in and it blows away. That's what it's like if we try to just fight and stay on the mountaintop. We have nowhere to dig in our roots. And just remember, on the mountaintops, God puts you on the mountaintop. You didn't get yourself out of that valley. And just thank God. Valleys of weeping. It says in that of Baca, of weeping. The valleys of hard time. Your valley could be anything. It could be your health. It could be a low time. It could be your family situation. It could be your work situation. It could be, you know, really, we went through a valley last year. We were... A valley is when church was closed. That was a valley. I was here during that. It was horrible. Can I tell you, I hated it. I come to church, and there was Aaron, my dad, pastor, and Mrs. Dunbar. That was all that was allowed in the building. It was horrible. This, I, I did not like seeing this building empty. And the songs, there was no singing. There was only a five of us here that could sing. There was no sound. Can I tell you, when we opened the church back up and people came back that first Sunday in the singing, we hit a mountaintop. We were out of the valley. We had people were crying to be back in church. You, you couldn't get us in a bad mood that day. We went from a valley to a, a mountaintop where God said, I'm still here. I'm still alive. You're not alone. Are you in a valley? We all have them. What are you going to do in your valley? Trust God more? Or wander around lost trying to figure out how to get yourself out? Go to God in your valley. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the Bible. God, thank you for these verses. God, thank you that you are the good shepherd that can get us through the valleys. God, we just we even thank you for the valleys that we go through, that we can look back and know that you got us through these valleys. God, we pray that if there's anyone here that's going through a valley or just came out of a valley, that you would just give them strength, help them through the valleys, that they would draw closer to you, that they would be stronger, and that they would use it as a way to teach others and to show others that you are good and you can help us through them. In your name, amen.